thank you for tuning in to this episode of Light Studies. Today we're going to be looking at theology and unity. The main point being that differences do not need to divide. The passage that we're going to be looking at is John 17, 20 through 23. To understand the importance of this portion of Jesus' prayer that we're going to look at, we need to establish some fundamental points about who Jesus is in the context of when Jesus prayed this. Jesus is the Son of God, the prophesied Messiah from the Old Testament, God incarnate. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the Jesus who we're talking about, God himself. Galatians 4.4 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. This is Jesus. Why did God send Jesus? The next verse, Galatians 4.5 says, To redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. God sent Jesus to die for sin, mine, yours, and the world's. So, why is it important that I've said all these things? Because the prayer that we're about to look at is prayed by Jesus, God himself in the flesh. It is also the night before he was going to be crucified and killed for the sins of the world. This prayer is important because Jesus is praying it before his death. It is some of his last requests to the Father before he is going to be cursed on a tree. Let us now look at part of what has been named the High Priestly Prayer. John 17, 20-23 says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. I'm sure as you listened to Rel Long, you heard the amount of times Jesus used the word one. Just as the Trinity has three distinct members, they are still one. As the body of Christ has many members, Jesus desires for his bride to also be one. One of the most dividing topics in the church right now that is keeping the church from being one, being unified, is theological differences. People are not being hired at churches. Students are being not accepted into Christian schools or universities and churches are not willing to partner in ministry due to differences and non-essential theological points. Jesus did not ask for uniformity, he asked for unity. Jesus didn't just ask for unity in such a beautiful way for it to just be slapped on a mug or on a calendar. In verse 23, we see why Jesus desires for his church to be unified, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. 
being unified includes much more than just loving brothers and sisters who have different views on theology than you do. But how, how do you handle those conversations? Do you let the bond in Christ that you have with someone become inferior because they believe that baptism should be done differently than you? I know that was just an example, but how do we show the world that God sent Jesus and that God loves his children by how we discuss and react to others who differ from us when it comes to theology? I ask you, reevaluate how you display love to others who have a more conservative or liberal theological stance than you do. Differences do not need to divide. Leonard Ravenhill said, church unity comes from corporate humility. Jesus has died for us. Let us now live united for him.